The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the latest in the war between Israel and Hamas, where diplomacy is taking center stage. Hamas released two more hostages yesterday, elderly women who were snatched from their kibbutz on October 7th. Today, French President Emmanuel Macron is the latest world leader to arrive in Israel. He is meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and expected to call for resuming the peace process with the Palestinians. President Biden has also been on the phone with Netanyahu, and he says he's discussed the war with Pope Francis as well. I laid out to him what the game plan was, how we thought we should uh, be providing the kind of assistance to Israel that needed. And the Pope was uh, across the board supportive of what we're doing. And President Biden says he does not support a ceasefire until Hamas releases all its hostages. The militant groups believed to have taken about 220 people in the October 7th attack. Well, Nathan, China has acknowledged that Israel has the right of self-defense against Hamas. As Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis reports, the concession comes ahead of a trip to Washington by Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi. Until now, China had simply called for a ceasefire in the conflict. Xinhua now quotes Wang as saying every country has the right to self-defense, but should protect civilians. Wang's trip may help pave the way for a meeting between President Xi Jinping and Joe Biden. Senior officials say Wang will visit Thursday to Saturday this week. You'll meet Secretary of State Antony Blinken and White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Among the topics, the hostages taken by Hamas, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and North Korea. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Brian, thank you. Now, the wars in both Israel and Ukraine have caught the attention of some of the most powerful executives on Wall Street. We heard earlier this morning from J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon. I'm generally an optimist. I think you'd be foolish not to look at some of these things taking place today in uh, Ukraine, Middle East. Uh, Obviously, my heart goes out for Ukraine, uh, but also it's affecting oil, food, Uh, food prices, gas prices, migration, potential starvation is probably the most serious thing we faced. Jamie Dimon is one of many executives speaking at the Future Investment Initiative in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Moderator David Rubenstein also spoke with Bridgewater Associates founder Ray Dalio. We look at the geopolitical situation and then we look at the climate issue. The climate issue is going to cost us, it's estimated, between 5 and $10 trillion a year in a world GDP that produces $100 trillion. Put it simply, for next year, are you optimistic about the global economy or pessimistic? Pessimistic. And that was both Ray Dalio and Jamie Dimon speaking in Saudi Arabia earlier this morning. Well, Nathan, back home in the U.S., House Republicans plan to try again today to choose a nominee for speaker. And Bloomberg's Amy Morris has the latest from Washington. Watch for several rounds of voting behind closed doors before they name an official designee for speaker. House Republicans held a candidate forum with eight new prospects last night. Tom Emmer of Minnesota came out as the frontrunner. I've made my case. Uh, we'll see what the members say tomorrow. 
All of the current House Speaker candidates are said to have signed a loyalty pledge to back whomever wins their party's nomination. But it is not clear if any contender can get a majority of votes to win the House Speakership. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Amy, thanks. It's been three weeks without a Speaker of the House. Mick Mulvaney, former White House Chief of Staff under Donald Trump, talked about the former president's impact on the process. I think he wasn't able to get the votes for for Jim Jordan. That shows Trump's limitations inside the building. Keep in mind, this is a very personal vote. This is not a policy vote. This is who you want to be your leader. And people are a lot more willing to push back on Donald Trump on this than they might be on immigration or taxes. That was former Republican Congressman Mick Mulvaney on Bloomberg Sound On, which you can hear 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern weekdays on Bloomberg Radio or anytime on the Sound On podcast at Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Well, as we await a new speaker, Nathan, there's word this morning that the U.S. deficit has doubled. The government ran a more than $2 trillion deficit from the fiscal year through September. That's about a trillion more than the prior year. Republicans blame out-of-control spending, but much of the gap is due to the knock-on effects of faster inflation. And that surge in the deficit, Karen, could also explain why yields on long-term U.S. Treasuries are reaching highs unseen since before the global financial crisis. Some of the market's most prominent bond bears, meanwhile, are saying the historic route in Treasuries has gone too far. And we get the story from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John? Nathan Billionaire Investor Bill Ackman says he's unwound his bet against U.S. government bonds. Bill Gross, co-founder of PIMCO, says he's now buying short-dated interest rate futures. Now, their comments coincide with a swift turnaround at yields during a wild trading session yesterday. The yield on the 10-year tumbled roughly 19 basis points after earlier surpassing 5% for the first time in 16 years. So does this signal the peak for Treasury yields and the end of the bond bear market? Gross, for his part, wrote that higher for longer is yesterday's mantra. A 10-year price up this morning, the yield down. Down two basis points. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. All right, John, thank you. Well, the earnings barrage continues with almost three dozen companies reporting today, among them Microsoft, Alphabet, and GM. And in Europe, Karen, we've heard from Barclays. Those shares are down nearly 5%. The banking giant's trading division missed estimates in the third quarter. The firm's also lowering guidance for its UK business. This is Bloomberg. All right, Nathan, thanks. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. U.S. forces will be postured appropriately in the Middle East over concerns the war between Israel and Hamas could escalate into a wider conflict. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says there has been an uptick of rocket and drone attacks by Iranian-backed proxy groups against military bases housing U.S. personnel in Iraq and in Syria. We know Iran's goal is to maintain some level of deniability here, but we're not going to allow them to do that. We also are not going to allow any threat to our interest in the region to go unchallenged. The White House says humanitarian assistance to Palestinians is a priority. Kirby called the aid trucks that have gotten into Gaza a good start. The United Auto Workers announced nearly 7,000 members at the Stellantis Sterling Heights assembly plant went on strike yesterday. That's the plant that makes the Ram 1500 truck. UAW President Sean Fain spoke outside of the plant yesterday. They can afford this. They can make it happen. Our workers deserve their share. I mean, while they say they can't afford this, the next day they announce more dividends for shareholders. 
I mean, so, you know, they're sending mixed messages. Stellantis says it is outraged by the move, saying that last week the company presented the union with a new improved offer, including a 23 percent wage increase over the life of the contract and a 50 percent increase in contributions to the retirement savings plan. More than 41,000 UAW workers are now on the picket line. An off-duty pilot is facing 83 counts of attempted murder for allegedly trying to crash an Alaska Airlines flight. The airline said the flight from Everett, Washington to San Francisco on Sunday, operated by Horizon Air, diverted to Portland because of the incident. Police say the suspect, Joseph Emerson, was sitting in the flight deck jump seat and tried to pull the fire extinguisher handles to shut off the engines. A new study published in the journal Nature Climate Change finds that even the most ambitious greenhouse gas reduction targets are not likely to prevent the collapse of the West Antarctic ice sheet. Michael Mann is a climatologist at the University of Pennsylvania and the author of Our Fragile Moment. You're looking at substantial parts of Manhattan submerged. And when you get, for example, a major landfalling hurricane and you get the storm surge on top of that sea level rise, uh, you could get even more widespread flooding. Climatologist Michael Mann says this study is a warning sign that should be taken seriously. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio, as Amy said, but now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. John. Yeah, the Texas Rangers late in the regular season had a stretch where they played 20 games and lost 16 of them and nearly cost them the playoff berth. They snuck in, but in the postseason, they swept Tampa Bay. They swept Baltimore, two teams who had won a combined 200 games. And in the ALCS, the Rangers played four games in Houston against the defending World Series champs. They won all four. They took game seven, 11 to four. And the Rangers are AL champions for only the third time ever, first time since 2011. The ALCS MVP was Adolis Garcia. All he did was homer in each of the last four games. And last night he hit two, had two other hits, drove in five. World Series starts Friday. Texas against either Arizona or Philadelphia. They've got game seven tonight in Philly. Second time in the last four years that both LCS went seven. Hadn't happened before that since 2004. Diamondbacks stayed alive. A 5-1 to one win in game six. Five pitchers teamed up to allow only six hits. The Phillies came in having won their previous 11 home National League playoff games. Monday Night Football in Minnesota. Vikings upset the 49ers 22-17. to Kirk Cousins Two TD passes. They both went to rookie Jordan Addison. First home win of the year for Minnesota, while the Niners, who were 5-0, and have lost their last two. The Chicago quarterback Justin Fields unlikely to play this week, which means it'll again be the rookie Tyson Badgett in Cleveland. Sean Watson day-to-day in concussion protocol. The NFL has suspended Denver safety Kareem Jackson for four games for an illegal hit. He has a history of it. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com. 
from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Diplomacy is center stage once again in Israel's war with Hamas. World leaders continue to travel to the war zone, urging restraint after Hamas released two more hostages yesterday. For the latest, we're joined by Bloomberg News economy and government reporter Galit Altstein uh, joining us from Tel Aviv. Uh, Galit, good morning. Thank you for being with us. We understand French President Emmanuel Macron is meeting uh, with Prime Minister Netanyahu right now. Do we know anything more about what the president of France is expected to say? Yes. Um, hi. Um, thanks for having me. Um, yes, they are meeting now. The the, the meeting is um, has been taking place for over an hour at this um, stage. We do not know um, what they're going to say uh, when they come out, but we have heard the, the French uh, president call this morning for a resumption of peace process. Um, that's what he said um, shortly after he arrived here in Israel. Um, that's what he's expected to call for um, a little bit later. And I think that apart from that, the hostages um, are still pretty much at the center and the focus of, of attention, like you mentioned. Um, generally speaking, and also, you know, in connection with Macron's visit here, he is supposed to meet some families who were a victim of the October 7th attacks, both um, who suffered um, deaths and also um, families who've had um, their relatives taken hostage by, by Hamas. It is difficult to imagine a resumption of the peace process when we do continue to see airstrikes carried out in Gaza and Hamas still holding what we think to be a couple of hundred hostages, even with the few that have been released. What is the impact of this diplomacy at this point? Yeah, so, so first of all, I think, um, as you say, it is, it is probably the hardest thing to, to imagine right now, any resumption of any, any peace process in, in the area. Um, we're still seeing, you know, a standstill on the ground operation in Gaza, which has been very much anticipated over the last few days. And this is in favor of um, these back-channel negotiations for hostage um, release, the latest um, of which, like you said, was the release of two more hostages um, last night. These were two Israeli women. Um, I'm noting that because um, it's important since a very senior Israeli official tells us yesterday that Israel will not put up with a situation by which there is a differentiation being made between hostages hostages who have dual nationalities. Um, He was referencing the two hostages released over the weekend who were American citizens as well. And essentially Israel is saying everyone needs to be released. Do not leave our nationals behind. So, um, so so that's um, one thing. And I think that um, on your question on the diplomatic efforts, um, this is another reason, apart from the negotiations that are taking place to maybe, you know, achieve the release of more hostages, I think that as long as um, leaders um, keep arriving in the region, but especially here in Israel, this is also holding back the ground operation because um, as um, someone very familiar with the matter told me yesterday, Israel will not sort of um, embarrass these leaders by starting its ground operation when they're here on the ground. So so this is another reason for, for this delay. And part of the diplomacy is aimed at getting more humanitarian aid into Gaza as well. Can you update us on that effort, how that's going? Yes. 
and I think um, that the hostage release situation is very well connected to the aid that is being trickled, and, and I'm using the word trickled for a reason, into Gaza at this time, because, you know, we've seen roughly 60 trucks or so go into Gaza through the Rafa crossing, which is in Egypt, and humanitarian groups are arguing all the time that anything less than 100 trucks a day is not enough to sustain the hundreds of thousands of refugees who have fled their homes in northern Gaza towards the south. So this is also a way for Israel and maybe other countries, but but I think mainly Israel, to put pressure on hostage release, kind of, you know, creating an equation that says the hostage release is also a humanitarian effort because many of them are children and women and elderly. So so we want to see, you know, something moving forward with that um, as we maybe make an effort to allow more trucks and more humanitarian aid into the Gaza Strip. Just about 30 seconds left here, Galib, but we've seen the president of the United States as well as leaders from the UK, Germany, and now France in Israel. How would you assess the message that is being brought uh, to the Israelis uh, from their allies? I think um, it's a very um, wide display um, of support um, uh, for Israel, but but especially as far as the U.S. goes, this also points to a very significant involvement of the U.S. in um, everything that is going on here. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.